0: Thank you for listening to the Hope Church podcast. We hope that this message inspires you and encourages you in your walk with Jesus. For more information and resources, visit hopeboon.com.
1: Do the family thing that you do. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Um, Yeah. All right. My babe, they gave you a microphone. Oh Helm, You want to sit or stand? Stand. Oh, you want to stand for a minute? I'll do whatever you want. Okay, I don't care. I mean, I'll I'm, I'm with the you. All right. Okay. okay. Hey, we are delighted to be here, and I'm glad my wife is with me. I we love. But but here's what we're going to do to set the stage for today. I think this is going to be one of those things that you'll probably want to take, whether it's the Facebook or wherever, and you'll want to share it with somebody, because we're going to introduce you to something that we haven't introduced yet to a audience especially an online audience we do once a month we literally go into a studio and we do what we call coffee talk Mm -hmm. and it's her and I addressing a subject or scripture and just sharing and talking and presenting it to an audience and we're starting to get some of those in the queue well we really felt like God put a message on our heart for the church today Mm -hmm. and in it rather than one of us or both of us just standing and sharing, we thought, let's do a coffee talk setting. Let's, like what we do, coffee talk for us came from us sitting on a Saturday morning with our coffee, our Bibles open, we'd have our own individual time with the Lord, but then we would just start discussing what the Lord was speaking to us. And there were people who had overheard of it, who had been in the house or called on the phone or whatever the case was, and we were sharing, you know, we're in our coffee talk and here's what we're discussing, and somebody had mentioned, or a couple, you guys ought to do this, like this is some great stuff and we went, we never thought about it because it's great for us, and uh, so what we're going to do today is have like a little coffee talk with you right, just (laughs) like opening up with the family, and just kind of sharing because we feel like family, right and just to have a coffee talk around God's word about a subject that you don't hear much about it But every leader knows that it's in the Bible and it becomes uncomfortable for them to communicate sometimes this because people don't always know how to hear and receive it. And that's my prayer that you'll hear it. And what I want to talk to you about and what we want to discuss is according to his heart. All right. And let me give you the backdrop of what's going on here. In the Old Testament, 1 Samuel chapter 14, you could actually read 1 Samuel 13 and 14. We're not going to read all that, but that, that's where it is. The backdrop to this is the scenario where the Philistines and the Israelites, they're enemies. They oppose each other. But Saul and Jonathan, they've built up an army. They've got 3,000 people. 2,000 of them are with Saul, 1,000 of them are with Jonathan. And they're going to go up and they're going to confront the Philistines. Well, the Philistines hear about it, and they bring 30,000 chariots and 6,000 horses to address that meeting. Well, needless to say, they were outnumbered, right, The, the Israeli army. And many of them, they got scared, they defected, they hid, meaning the Israel army, and all of a sudden now, as a result of this, it's like, oh, wow, where'd everybody go, okay? Uh, because we were coming up to fight this battle. Well, the backdrop in 1 Samuel now chapter 14 is the Philistines controlled the blacksmith market. And in the blacksmith market, they were the ones that sharpened the tools for harvesting, for for gardening, for any kind of work that was being done, you know, but they also harvested they would build swords, meaning Israel. they would build swords, and the blacksmiths usually would then sharpen them so they'd have them. Well, Israel didn't have any blacksmiths. They would have had to have gone to the Philistines to even get their swords sharpened. So here's the other dynamic. When they go to fight in the battle to address it, there's only two guys who got swords, Saul and Jonathan. So the rest of the army that's there, they're there, but they got no swords. Yeah, that's it. It's, oh, no, not me. No, it's not me, it's not me, it's not me, But it's the Lord sending us a, a, a message. Saying, we love you, this is great, you just keep going. So he, he, I'm, I'm giving you the backdrop because this is what's taking place. So not only have we seen a defection, and you say, Ron, how much of a defection was there? In 1 Samuel 14, here's what we find. There were 600 of the Israeli army under a pomegranate tree. So we went from 3,000 to 600, That meant 2,400 of them are either hiding or defected, but they're not with the army. Now remember, they were the ones that came up to address the Philistines. Well, Saul now has these guys under this pomegranate tree, but Jonathan, his son, takes his armor bearer and they leave without anybody knowing. So now there's two of them. And what ends up happening, I want you to turn your attention to, I'm going to read from 1 Samuel chapter 14, and I'm just going to read a couple of verses right here. I'm going to read verse 6, and I'm going to read it on down through verse 8. Then Jonathan said to the young man who bore his armor, Come, let us go over to the garrison of the uncircumcised. Isn't it interesting? That's exactly what David said when he confronted Goliath. Multiple chapters later. I mean, a few over, right? The uncircumcised, these, these Philistines are uncircumcised. Let's go over to the garrison of the uncircumcised. It may be, now here is heart. It may be that the Lord will work for us, for nothing restrains the Lord from saving by many or by few. Notice what his armor bearer says. So his armor bearer said to him, Do all that is in your heart. Go then, I am with you according to your heart. Well, then Jonathan said, very well, let us cross over to these men and show ourselves to them. You got the picture? There was a fight about to brew. We got over 36,000. It's probably closer to 50 or more. We got 30,000 chariots, 6,000 horses to these 3,000 Israelites who show up. 2,400 of them defect. 600 of them are hiding under a pomegranate tree. Jonathan takes one guy, his armor bearer. Remember, Jonathan's got only one sword. The armor bearer carries it because he's his armor bearer. And Jonathan looks and he says, you know, I'll tell you what. Let's go up there. There's a hill up there. Let's go up there because God, he can save by many or by few. In other words, Jonathan's focus was on the covenant on the faithfulness of God, because they're uncircumcised. Let's go up, and if, and you can read it, he goes, if they say, come on up, ha, the Lord has given them to us. I want you to think with me now. Any of you have been in the military, you understand this. I'm, again, laying a foundation for what we're talking about today. There are two guys now who have left the 600. There is an enemy army a small outpost, but they're in the high ground. They're the Philistines. Military sense, any of you have been in the military high ground is huge, super valuable. You do not go confront an enemy that's got high ground. It's just, it's not military strategy. They don't teach that. You want to gain the high ground because you have an advantage. Jonathan is saying to his armor bearer, they're uncircumcised. Yeah, I know there's another larger group that's out there, but these guys—that's. Let's start there at this outpost. But here's what we're going to do: we're going to. If they say come up, what do you think they're going to say? We got to crawl up this hill to be able to address them. So Jonathan stands there and says, "Hey, here we." Are. And they—they they, the Philistines actually said, "Ah, they're coming out of the cave. Yeah, come on up." And they go up, and needless to say, Jonathan and his armor bearer slay twenty of them right there. Now what happens? Babe, would you like to share? I can the yes. story. Yes, would you like to? I, I can finish the story, and then I'll let you share. <laughs> okay. Now what happens? Well, they go up. Twenty of them fall within about a half an acre, right? They kill them. Well, word of what happened with Jonathan and the armor bearers spread throughout the Philistine camp. Mm-hmm. Now, they don't know how many. All they know is, oh, my God, they just slayed that outpost. They're coming out of the woodwork. And now the Philistines get scared. Now, remember, they are super outnumbering the Israeli army. Incredible amount. They don't know that there's all these, with the exceptions of the ones that defected, that actually went to the other side. Because you'll find that if you read, there were people that defected, Israels who went to Philistines because they they wanted to live. And they felt like if a fight's going to pursue, we might as well be with you guys instead of with our own group because, you know, we don't want to die. That's, yeah, I know it's crazy, but that's what they did. Well, the Philistines hear about it, and the scripture says an earthquake occurs. And what happens? They get so scared, Mm -hmm. they start fighting each other. Oh my gosh. Fighting each other. And needless to say, the scripture goes on in verse 23 and says, And the Lord saved them that day. Here's what I want to turn our attention to and talk about. According to his heart. Two things. It's a two-ear principle. Do I have my ear on the heart of God, on the heart of the covenant, on the heart of the master? Do I really have my ear on his heart? Because Jonathan, saying to his armor-bearer, God doesn't need numbers. We're far outnumbered. For God to bring us a victory, he doesn't need the numbers. He can save by many or by few. Mm -hmm. But here's the reality, armor-bearer. They're uncircumcised. we got a covenant with God. We can do this. God's with us. Do I have my ear on the heart of God to know what God is saying? But the second thing is, do I have my ear on the heart of the leader? And i.e., let's turn that to Josh and Brianne. Do I have my ear on the heart of the leader? And why do I bring that out? Because the armor bearer said there, go, do all that's in your heart. I am with you according to your heart. He didn't say I'm with you because it sounds reasonable. What the, what the leader was saying wasn't reasonable. It is not a military strategy to go up and take, take, go, go climb an upper ground against an enemy that's waiting for you. doesn't make sense. But the armor bearer said, I trust God. I trust you. I'm with you. Let's go. And God showed up and gave them a victory. So let's talk about according to his heart. Do I have an ear on the heart of God? the one who birthed this church? Mm -hmm. And do I have an ear on the heart of the leader? Or do I always want to hear it and put it through the filter of, well, that Mm -hmm. doesn't reasonably make sense. Mm -hmm. That's not how other churches do it. Well, I wouldn't recommend that because after brother so-and-so or sister so-and-so wrote a book and here's what they said, Mm -hmm. what's the filter that I'm using? Because the armor bearer chose to leave with Jonathan, left the six hundred to go, Jonathan was the only one. And the armor bearer stood with him. There was something the armor bearer knew that he felt it's safer to be with you than it is to be over here. Mm -hmm. They're hiding, they're cowering. We got others that are in the woods, they're hiding under rocks, and others that have defected. But the best place is to be with you, our leader, Jonathan. Now what, my sweet?
0: Okay, I do a lot more interrupting and coffee talk. (laughs) We're in our room in our quiet time, and I'm like, and this, and this, and this. Um, So let's just look at a state of a union from the paradigm of, okay, so how does that relate to now? How does that relate to the local church? How does that relate to Hope Church? So the first thing is this, the state of the union, the Philistines, um, the 600 men were surrounded and they were stuck under the tree. And the words that come to mind are apathetic, discouraged, lazy, (laughs) Um, Fearful, yeah. And so with that, if we look around today at the state of the church, compared to the 3,000 that were there, right, and 600, like you can see a parallel to say, okay, God, what does this say to us? It says that, you know, the church has been attacked. It's been disbanded. There's Philistines. The world still, is still out there. They're just not called Philistines anymore, right? There's carnal mindsets. There's um, politically correct agendas, okay? And those things are the things that have camped us around, right? And so we get two choices. We can have the heart of Jonathan and the armor bearer, or we can have the heart of Saul and the rest of the men who were sitting there going, woe is us, what are we going to do, God, <laughs> Okay. Um, So that was the first one. Second one was the people that went to the camp of the Philistines. So Ron talked about defected and deserted. Defected means to abandon one country or cause in favor of the opposing one. I'm sure that everybody in this room knows somebody who has left the church and said, been there, done that, over it, it didn't work. Tried the God thing, got burned, <laughs> believed God for somebody's healing. They died, had a marriage, got a divorce. Like, I am done. Like, I, I've experienced this, and the truth is, I'm, I'm going back to the world. I am done. And then the other ones, they haven't gone back to the world, because they know I shouldn't probably do that. But they haven't been back to the church since COVID. They've deserted to the caves. They're like, you just don't know what I've been through. I don't have to know.
1: Or they're comfortable
0: or they're comfortable. Or they're comfortable. Yeah.
1: And, and we welcome everybody who's watching online. <laughs> of course. We We're, We're, glad, welcome you're you. We're glad you're here. We're glad <laughs> you're here. But they're comfortable. Right? Yes. Yeah. They're comfortable. Yes. And as a result, what do I mean by comfortable? Well, I'll help define it. Comfortable means why would I want to make the time to get up, go set up, go to church, tear down mm-hmm. when I can sit here and I can worship I hear this worship online. And what's interesting to me, and I'm all for that, here's what I've heard, and I've observed it during COVID because I've asked people who do it. I said, let me ask you a question. Uh, ma'am, do you vacuum uh, when, when that's going on? Well, sometimes I need to. Do you cook breakfast? Well, yeah, but I but I have it playing in the background. Okay, so you're not actually standing before your TV on YouTube or Facebook, hands-raised, Bible... Oh, oh, so that is that's not... Are you browsing other services? I had one individual tell me, literally say this to me, well, I have three screens open because I'm going back between three different services. Okay, I got it. Yeah, have you ever tried to make three different dinner reservations at the same time to three different locations? I mean, how's that work, right? But this is what goes, now, you may be listening and think, ouch, okay, Mm okay. An ouch is rightfully deserved now. Mm -hmm. It's an ouch, it is. Do I know his heart, meaning God's, and do I know the heart of the leader? Why did God say, he sent him for a reason, it wasn't for him. He's a part of it. There's something God wants to do out here. But am I hiding or am I being critical the armor bearer wasn't critical the armor bearer didn't give him a list to go Jonathan in case you're not aware I know you've been leading this army for a long time but there's a lot of things that you're mentioning right now that don't make any military sense mm-hmm. we're not trained this way but that's not what he said but if he would have said it he would have been accurate in what he said but his heart wouldn't have been with him and that becomes the issue are we connected heart to heart
0: but deserted abandoned or forsaken so there are people that have truly abandoned or forsaken the vision of a house they've abandoned or forsaken the mission of the church which is to go out into all the world and preach the gospel to recognize the value and importance of their peace that's in the body of Christ the truth is a lot of people that just sit and watch online Christianity um, basically are like well I don't have to go to church to be a Christian you're right but you do to grow because the Bible says he's the one that places the members in the body as it pleases him, joined and knit together so that when every part is doing its share, the whole body grows. So deserted could be cut the limb off a tree and lay it off to the side. Does it grow? Take any part of your body and cut it off and set it to the side. Can it function the way it's supposed to? that is the exact same principle here. Why is this so critical? Because when we're with a leader according to their heart, and we're allowing God, heart on God, and the leader to give us that direction to go, okay, here's my time, here's my talent, here's my treasure, where are we going? And and we're getting into this next. What a gift that you guys have a leader that knows where you're going. If you did not listen to the message on June 5th, you need to cue it, you need to write it down, you need to listen to it a hundred times that this is the house God called you to, because it was called Vision Refresh. And Josh and Brianne, not just Josh, we've gone to dinner with Brienne, and just the passion that pours out of her for this house and this body is amazing to see them as a team. But with that, it's going. Just allow the Holy Spirit to check you as we move forward. Are you under the pomegranate tree? Have you been in church, but you haven't engaged? You know, they don't really need me, or that's not really important, or that's not. Josh said it in the video. You know what, we prioritize what we value, period. And so in that, are we under the pomegranate tree, not contributing second? have we gone back to the world have we embraced those mindsets or third, have we deserted we're not in the church but we're not in the world and so that's the parallel for this season yeah
1: and and when you read the passage it there's another challenge cuz just to be honest with you anytime you're a part of any church or any company any 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 home that has a vision there's always going to be challenges and unforeseen circumstances that come up that you weren't planning. Always, it always happens. It's how you navigate through them that causes the marriage to grow, the family to grow, the church to grow, the business to grow. It's how you navigate through them. The ministry to grow, if it's that. How do we handle that? Well, in this case, I gave you the backdrop that, yeah, you know, militarily, they got to climb up a hill. To fight, they don't know how many Philistines are up. There, they're only there only happened to be twenty. But there was only two of them. But they're willing to go up to go, God gave it to us, because God's a covenant-keeping God. Mm-hmm. He's going to deliver them into our hands. And Jonathan's approach was just like David's. They're uncircumcised. God's with us. He's not with them. He can save by many or by few. But here was the challenge. Before they even got to the hill, they had to walk through a place, and it's verse four mm-hmm. in First Samuel 14. Where there was a, it was, and I'll read them to you. And we'll we'll make a definition. And I'd like you love for you to highlight that. Okay. They got to walk through this really um, awkward place to get to the hill mm-hmm. that they got to climb up, and it's they had to walk through Boaz, Boaz. or Boaz, and they they walked through Cena. Mm-hmm. Well, you go. What does that mean? Well, Boaz meant it's a slippery slope, and Cena meant well. It's a thorny cliff. Mm -hmm. So think about it. The armor bearer is going, okay, so before we get to that hill that we got to climb up to address those adverse army up there, we got to walk through this slippery slope and a thorny cliff. Mm -hmm. Yes. (laughs) I'm I'm with you, according to your heart. Mm -hmm. Again, not... Trying to dissect it and tear it apart. I can just say, from my experience, I've been in the ministry for almost 40 years. I have watched more good churches get torn apart over Mm -hmm. the silliest things. Mm -hmm. I mean, the littlest of things. I've watched people wander from church to church to church, never being able to get themselves set anywhere because their filter was, well, that's not the way I would do it. <clears throat> or they didn't do it like that in the last church. Yeah, but remember, you left that one. <laughs> I'm, I'm just—I'm—I mean, what? I'm just trying to figure this out. Like, mm-hmm. I get it, and 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 if God's leading, Amen. A thumbs up. I'm all for it. I'm just trying to figure out why are you continually wandering? Because here's the reality: anyone who's going to do anything for God in their life, you're going to have to go through some slippery slopes and some thorny cliffs mm-hmm. and climb up some hills to get there. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be a cakewalk and it's not going to be easy. It's not. Why, though? Because God wants to know you trust him Mm -hmm. and that you're willing to make a commitment to each other. When you do that, he will show himself strong. When we don't do that, then you wonder. No wonder why we have people, and let's just say the church, the family of God, who say the right things, but if they don't, if their heart is not connected heart to heart or aren't doing the right things, does God want to show himself strong? He certainly does. Mm -hmm. But what does he wait for? God didn't give him the victory till after they walked through that Mm -hmm. thorny cliff, slippery slope, and then got up to the hill and then had to climb up on their hands and knees now, again, think, this is the setting we're talking about. Of course, Climb up on their hands and knees. And when they got there, God was able, literally the 20 slayed, mm-hmm. fell in front of them. And then they hear about it. The army, the big army, then an earthquake happens. Mm-hmm. They get all panicked and start fighting each other. Now, that's the kind of thing I want to see God mm-hmm. do, right? But am I with God's heart? And am I with Josh and Brianne's heart? Right that when it sounds like we're going through a slippery slope mm-hmm. and I say but I'm with you according to your heart. Right. You're trusting a covenant keeping God and so do I. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's going to be a little thorny. I'm with you according to your right. heart. Yeah, but then when we get past that, I thought it was going to be breezy. Now I got to climb up on this hill with on, on hand and foot. I'm with you according to your heart. Why? Because God's going to give us a victory and all of a sudden when we get up there, boom. There was 20 of them and they're all slate. Wow. Well, that's cool kind of worth the little travel to go through the slippery slope and the thorny cliff and to climb up to get that. I mean, we still got 598 of our pals back under that tree, <laughs> right. So, what would you say to this, my sweet? I
0: would say I'm very grateful for Frankie because um, the last time we were here, they put us in this beautiful cabin, way, 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 way up on top of a hill. Now, Wait.
1: now, we say way, but to you, it may be just a <laughs> be little, little bit up the road, but for us, no, it was like, you know. No, it was
0: way. Yeah. And um, in this beautiful cabin, there was a towel that said, um, we're mountain people, and I was like, that's not us. Like, that's <laughs> totally not us. And so I'm grateful for Frankie is because there is this day that we went to get out, and the gate that let us in was locked, and we were like, okay, we first of all we couldn't get out by ourselves anyway because we don't know how to drive in that terrain. But Frankie had to come get us. And when he got to the gate, he was like, um, "Yeah, that's not normal." <laughs> but Frankie knew the way literally. Like he took us training in a truck, like his car. Yes,
1: we were driving through a terrain where he was making like, the road.
0: A cow And I said, "Do you know where
1: you're going?" He goes, "Yes, yes, I do. <laughs> exactly. and we're like, okay." Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay.
0: And I, there is a point to this. So we're like bumping through the cow pasture and all this stuff. And all of a sudden we come out to the road where we would have started. And, and wasn't it amazing at that moment to have a leader who knew where they were going? Yes. Right. In the craziness and the chaos and there is no road and I have no idea what we're doing. And yet there was a leader that had the vision. There was a leader that knew the way. And so it's going, are, we're sure we're, it's like, yes, we're going that way. It's like, okay, slippery slope. <laughs> anyway, we're going this way. But he got us to safety. Well, if you don't think that navigating COVID as a pastor wasn't a slippery slope when they were shutting down your church and did not let you congregate, which is what we're called to do, if you don't think being a pastor right now with transgender And the wake movement isn't a slippery slope and a thorny way, it is. And there is no condemnation, gang. This is the thing. It's not our job to judge the world. They're in the world. That is the issue, right? They're, they're sin sick. And so in that, it's not our job to judge. It's our job to intercede. It's our job to pray. It's our job to get equipped and get behind our leader for the vision of the house that's going to help us do that. So how do we do that? Well, I'm going to tell you how you do it. Because Jonathan's was, let us go up and just see what God would do. So what does Josh say? So we listened to the message from June 5th. Multiple times. And this is what I wrote down. And if you do not have notes, this is exactly the vision. There needs to be a little carrot because the refresh was that God has started building this out for you guys. Okay? And this is it. What does this vision look like? It looks like building strong families, facilitating transformation and developing community. What does that mean to Josh? Building strong families. He talked about you can't build a foundation on sand you have gotta have the foundation of God's word. He said that things that grow are, this was so powerful when he said it, he said healthy things grow by design and unhealthy things grow by default. How does that speak to us? Because guess what, if you don't weed a garden, the weeds are taken over. If you're not watching over your family, the weeds are taken over. If you are not guarding your heart with all diligence, offense is taken over. And so in that, it's going building strong families, doing things that he set, investing in children's ministry, investing in motion, doing things that are going to encourage marriages, right? So family is old family, young family, little family, college family, single mom family. Family is family. Family is what you guys are going to create here. Let us go up and create. Let's build strong families. What's the next thing he said? Hope for transformation, facilitating transformation. What does that mean? You create the environment. Facilitating transformation, gang, it is not a bad thing to speak the truth and love to somebody. I don't care what the world says to you. You don't love me. Yes, I do, actually. That's why I'm saying it to you. Because that would be like me being a doctor, knowing you have cancer and going, that's okay, I just don't want to hurt your feelings. Really? Really? they're lost in dying, and the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. So what does facilitating transformation mean? It means giving them God's word that he can deliver you from darkness to light, that he can deliver you from sickness, physical or mental health, to health and wholeness, not just physical healing, wholeness in your mind, your body, and your spirit, that he can deliver you from poverty or poverty mentality to provision that he can deliver us from from torment into peace of mind and peace of heart so facilitating transformation giving a safe environment you can't grow bananas in alaska unless you create a greenhouse Guess what the church is? A greenhouse for the the world to come in and facilitate transformation, to till the ground, to water the seed, to miracle grow it, and trust that only God can give the increase. But we gotta do our part. And then the last thing he said, what's the vision of the house? Developing a community environment. I do wanna touch this one thing about transformation. The Bible says, don't be conformed to this world, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How? By the washing of the water of the word, okay? This is the interesting thing. Conformed means to be socially acceptable and politically correct. Do not be conformed to the world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Well, I can tell you when I walked into the church, I wasn't transformed. I literally did not raise my hand for salvation because I was having premarital sex and I knew when I got saved that it was gonna make me stop. That's the world, gang. People are like revival, revival, revival. Revival is messy. When they walk in cross-dressed, what are you gonna do? Are you ready? Because we're facilitating community we're going to love them we're going to pour in we're going to love them right where they are and believe God's going to help us get to where they are but we got to buy into the vision because i'm telling you that's a prickly place that's a slippery slope doesn't mean we have to love what you do it just means we have to love who you are and then the last thing is developing community and and for us you know we walked amongst your community we never get to have as much time as we did here this time and it was it's just been fun but we literally went into a store where a lady told us her story. They came here 12 years ago with $500 in a dream and it's literally on the boardwalk in, in Blowing Rock. It's, it's a store that probably most of you have taken your family and friends to for souvenirs. $500 in a dream. She had such a spirit of heaviness, like my heart just like broke for her. We listened to her story and it was so powerful. So guess what we did the next day? We took back a devotional and we wrote the address of the church and we wrote down the website, and we said we're going to be praying for you. Your community is out there, gang. These are little cards. I had, I had her go. I, had Gracie, go get them for me. Because guess what? Put these in your pocket when you go to a restaurant. Give a nice, big, fat tip. Don't be cheap. Stick this in with your tip because and say we're with you. Because with her, you.
1: you could see the heaviness on her, it was. and yet that was their dream, right? And when. I, I said just simply, well, you know, we're we're Christians and uh, we want to pray for you. And I mean, you could see it in her face like, thank you. And we gave her the devotional. And here's what her comment was. We gave, gave her the information about the church, when what the website was, when the church service is, time-wise. And she looked and she said, I haven't been to church in I don't know how long because I work seven days a week. That's what she said. Now... What Denise is saying, there are people in our community, that's, they're living in that world. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't mean that they don't want to be part of a spiritual right. family. Right? It doesn't. We still got to reach to them and let God do what God does. Right. We never made her feel bad no. at all. We just said, hey, we, we want to applaud you for your story. Thank you for sharing it. And we want to pray for you. Now, Jeremiah 3, mm-hmm. verse 15 says this. God is speaking, and he says this to all of us. But this really goes into the according to his heart, God's. But then, let's turn our attention for a few minutes on the heart of the leader here. Your leader, Pastor Josh, right? And Brienne. Let's just turn our hearts there for just a minute after we hear God's heart. Jeremiah 3.15 says this, And I will give you shepherds according to my heart. God is speaking. I will give you, my people, I will give you shepherds. In other words, from heaven, Mm -hmm. God looks and knows exactly what a community, what a group of people need. Mm -hmm. And he says, I will give you Mm -hmm. shepherds who are according to my heart. What will they do? They will feed you with knowledge and understanding. That's exactly what Jonathan did. He obviously had this armor bearer for a season. You think about it. The armor bearer heard, he knew who Saul was. It was Jonathan's dad. He was the king. He was also part of the army. But he trusted and relied upon not only God, but Jonathan, wanting to do something that sounds irrational. It's not a good military strategy. This is not an easy road to walk, but I'm with you. Why? Because I got my ear just like you, John. I got my ear on the heart of God. But I got my ear on your heart and I'm with you according to your heart. See, let's just talk about that for a few minutes. Do you know your leader according to the heart that God has put in him? Mm -hmm. Or do you know your leader according to the flesh? Mm -hmm. Well, he's Josh. Here's how old he is. Mm -hmm. Here's what he likes. Here's his story. Mm -hmm. Here's his wife. Here's his kids. Those are all good. But that doesn't mean that you know the heart, the spiritual side of what God intended. Because mm-hmm. if God gave that individual as a shepherd for the community, mm-hmm. I can assure you, I do not know all of the churches here. I assure you there are some churches that are in this community mm-hmm. that the shepherd or the leader is a hireling. It's a job. Mm-hmm. And if another job comes up and it pays more, they will go. This is a job. There's a difference between that mm-hmm. and a calling. A calling is God sends you. That's what He says. I will give. you. He sends you. He may not send you with a lot of money. Mm-hmm. He may not send you even with a place that you have your own. You got to rent. He may send you to a place where you got to rent a facility and you got to set up and tear down for a while. That he. W- but what is God trying to do? God knows the heart of the community mm-hmm. better than any any of us Amen. in this room. He does. And one of the things that God assures us is I'm going to send you shepherds for what? Yeah. To feed you with knowledge and understanding. Knowledge and understanding of what? Of God. Understand my heart. Mm-hmm. I need them to hear my heart. Why? Because I'm going to ask them to do things that don't make sense. Mm-hmm. Moses, you're at a Red Sea. There's an army behind us that's chasing us. There's a sea in front of us. God says to Moses, no problem. Take the rod and stretch it out over the sea. You think Moses actually went, I was thinking that very thing. You're right. I was. That's exactly what I, no, he's not. No, he's not. But that's what was said, right? There's a blind man that comes to Jesus. What does he do? Spits on the ground, makes out of, in the dirt, that plasters it on the guy's eye. I wonder how many of you would do that. If you got somebody in, in the community and the Lord said, I want you to spit on the ground. Spit on the ground enough where you, you get it to where you can, and then put it on their eye and pray for them. How many of us would go, you have got to be kidding me? Really? I'm trying to give you biblical, real examples. Because right. Remember, we say, we trust you, God. We want your power. When Denise said it's messy, I came out of the tail end of the Jesus revival. I know what that looked like. Mm-hmm. I walked into church with long hair and chokers. And I had given my life to Jesus. But I looked like a rocker. And when I walked into the church, people said to me, oh, you're one of those Jesus freaks. I literally looked at them and went, why would you say that to me? Why? I had no idea that that came out of a 1971 article that was written by Time Magazine, because I didn't read that article back then. Now, since that time, I have, but I didn't read it. That's what they called it, that album. And if you didn't see The Jesus Revolution, you really should go see this movie. And Brent, if you're Brent, one of the, you know, director, if you're watching this, I'm giving you kudos, buddy. All right. But the idea behind this is this movie is phenomenal, but it's messy. Mm-hmm. And it shows the frailty of humanity. Yes you got to know the heart of your leader because your leader's going to make mistakes. He's got a human side to him, just like you do. Mm-hmm. He'll wrestle. He'll struggle. He'll be fearful. And he needs your support and encouragement. But the one thing he knows, God sent me. And I'm going to do everything I know to press into God and to press into what God is saying to do because it's the only way we're going to be able to provide for our community yes. what they genuinely need because he truly does believe. And Brianne as well, we're here because God okay. called us to do it. It wasn't a decision no. about employment. This was about God calling us. Mm-hmm. We didn't always even know what the next steps were. Mm-hmm. God sent shepherds according to his heart. But our question is, do I know him more according to the flesh mm-hmm. or according to the spirit? you want to talk about how Jesus, what that meant for okay. Jesus' ministry? Okay.
0: Really quick, one of the things that's not written, but I thought this was really funny while Ron was talking. It's like, you know, there's two like paradigms. One is the Armor bearer, I'm with you according to your heart. And then the children of Israel who were like, You brought us out here to die, (laughs) right? Don't be those people. Like, if you decide to get behind Josh and Brian's vision, like that God gave them. But also know this they came because God sent them. Just like when he appeared to Moses and said, I have heard the cry of my children Israel. God went to Josh and Brian and said, I have heard the cry of the people in Boone, of Blowing Rock, of this county, of this territory. I've heard their cry, and I'm sending you to be that shepherd, to love them and invest and cover. And so in that, I do, um, it's interesting because as we did this lesson, this is not a part we shared anywhere, but when we were coming here and praying, this is a word that God gave me that I think is gonna be really critical for us, that we allow the sword of the spirit to be like a laser to cut away any spiritual cataracts that are gonna hinder us from seeing things clearly as we ought, okay? It's in um, Mark 6, and it's 1 through 6. I'm going to read it real fast, and then I'm just going to hit some points because there is victory. Like, there is an outcome to all this, and it is amazing. Then he went out, this is Jesus, there, and came to his own country, and his disciples followed him. And when the Sabbath had come, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many hearing him were astonished, underline that word if you have your Bible open, saying, where did this man get his power and these things? And what wisdom is it with which he's been given with such mighty works are conformed by his hand? First thing is they were astonished because guess what? They had heard what he was doing everywhere else. Like it, it wasn't even like they were in denial. No, that didn't really happen. They're like, who is this guy who talks with that kind of power and is doing all these mighty works? Second, in verse three, it says, is this not the carpenter's son, Mary, um, and Mary and the brother? his brothers are here and sisters and are not his sisters with us? So they were offended at him. That's the next thing. Gang, there is gonna be a temptation. If it's not for you, it's for the people that God are bringing that are gonna go, but she went to school here. Like, we watched her from this big. I, I remember her. Like, we remember when they came. They've been part of our community like... <laughs> them. So what happens when that happens? But Jesus said to them, a prophet is not with honor except in his own country and among his own relatives and in his own house. Now he could do no mighty works there except that he laid hands on a few sick people and healed them. And he marveled because of their unbelief. And then he went to the other villages and circuits teaching.
1: Think about it. I mean, from the scripture Jesus walks into our town people have heard about him heard about the mighty works he's done then they hear him speak wow what wisdom he has but he only did some minor things and it wasn't because mm-hmm. he lacked power or desire it said the way that they perceived him. Mm-hmm. They were offended by him. Who is this guy? He's a carpenter's who son. We know Joseph. We know the da- I mean, really, who does he think he is? Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, rather than embracing the spiritual anointing on his life, mm-hmm. they limit themselves because all they look at is his natural home life, mm-hmm. who he is as a human, not who God called him mm-hmm. to be. And as a result, it limited both groups were, the group was astonished because, wow, this guy speaks with such wisdom, but they didn't receive <laughs> they it. They didn't embrace it. They might have said he speaks, with, but they didn't receive it. Mm-hmm. Jesus marveled and went, wow, I can't believe they're so hard-hearted. Mm-hmm. Like, what, Blinded. why why are they? I want to turn your attention to a verse in, in uh, Corinthians that Paul speaks about. Second Corinthians chapter 5, they're going to put it up here, verse 16. Here's what Paul says many years after Jesus Christ was risen from the dead. But he's speaking to the Corinthian church and he says this. So we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view. In other words, we know he came. We know he walked the earth. We know he spoke over here. We know his brother. We, 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 we know him from a human point of view, but he said, we stopped doing that. Notice how differently we know him now. Well, yeah. Again, going back to Paul. Paul, did. he knew about Jesus before he came to Christ, remember, He was given authority to go into Christian homes, arrest them, Mm -hmm. commanding them, don't preach in the name of that Jesus. Yes, he knew Jesus according to the flesh. Yes, he knew him naturally, but he didn't welcome his spiritual authority. He didn't welcome it until the day that he did. And so he's writing and going, we all did this. He's writing and going, you all probably heard about it too. It's like word spread, but we refuse. We do not choose to know him anymore according Mm -hmm. to just the flesh. How differently now we approach Him. So I give you this, just as a suggestion to you. Don't miss the value of a God-appointed leader mm-hmm. because you know them according to the flesh. I mean, we're going to get to know each other according to the flesh. I mean, that, that, there's nothing wrong with anyone that knows me, knows I love sports, I love music, yeah. But I'm more than that. Mm-hmm. I also have an anointing on my life. I also have been asked to do something that God's asked me to do. If the only way people connected with me is because of sports and music, that's all. While that would be fun, we miss a spiritual side of what God's trying to do. He gave shepherds according to his heart. That's why we're calling it according to his heart. His meaning God, but also how about my ear on the heart of the leader? Mm Am I looking at them according to the flesh, the things I know? We've grown up, we've done so many fun things. Those are good. Mm-hmm. That, that's not a bad they thing. I'm, we're not saying it's bad, it's not bad. But there's another dimension beyond that that I got to get to know that mm-hmm. leader. And that is, what's the God anointed part to that person's mm-hmm. life? And am I with them? Do I embrace that and welcome it? Because when we start doing that, and I'm not just talking about Josh. I'm talking about Frankie. How about each other?
0: Yeah, department How about, heads, like, that's learn, right.
1: Learn, yeah. they're good. They, they lead a business. They do that. You know, when I pastored, uh, I had probably 42 of the biggest, most successful companies in our area that the leaders came to our church. The mayor would come and sit up in the balcony because he didn't want anybody to know. Like, he, was, <laughs> he would go to the Catholic church, but he'd come sit up there because it was big and people would, they, you know, and he would hurry up and come in late and leave early, you know. But then he would call me on the phone. Can we go to lunch? And I always ask him, why do you do that, man? Why Why do you do that? Because I want to hear something from God's word. He he would say, I I, I get something when I come here. Those leaders would say to me of these businesses as success, I'm growing being here as a Christian. I'm coming here, and you're not just asking me for my money. You welcome my gift, Mm -hmm. you welcome my expertise. And they literally helped us grow and build. Our ministry where I had the most successful surgeon in the region on a Sunday morning praying for the sick. Some of these guys that he probably would have operated, right? Praying for the sick in the name of Jesus. Why? Because they incorporated with the vision. Did people know him according to yeah? I had people even come up to me and go, they maybe they come to the church one, two times and they would go, Was that doctor so-and-so up there praying? Yes, it was. Well, I didn't know he came here. Well, it's not like we talked about it, right? We wanted a family environment Mm -hmm. where we welcomed each other's gifts. Mm -hmm. Know know them according According to the flesh. flesh. But what is their God anointing Mm -hmm. on their life? And are we embracing it? Are we welcoming it? And are we allowing it to facilitate Mm -hmm. the kind of transformation that God wants to do? Mm -hmm. All right, my babe, we gotta wrap this up. So you got any closing words for these people? I do.
0: I just wanna challenge you so that you can see what will happen when you give your time. So how do you get behind your leader? You get behind him with your time your talents, which is your gifts. If you don't know what your gift is, go ask somebody in the world like that you intersect with all the time what you're great at. That's the gift God gave you to use in his house. And your treasures, which are your finances, which we talked about. But what can we expect when that happens? Well, these are the promises that you guys can stand for in your own community. When that whole lot of shaking started happening, when that earthquake happened, guess what? All the five hundred and ninety eight people left under the pomegranate tree the apathetic lethargic church got it it got their attention
1: oh yeah they started to pursue. they wanted to be involved with what what's going on now right hiding over here but going yeah man all right yeah we are with you buddy mm-hmm.
0: but this is the thing there were still only two swords nothing in the environment changed yep. their paradigm changed When we put our heart on the leader and we put our heart on God and we trust that God will actually watch over his word to perform it with signs following, it will motivate the church. Second thing is it did is it said the people who had gone to the camp of the Philistines, they saw what God was doing and it said they came back and rejoined... Those 598, no 600 people. It was like, what a shocker. Why? Because people want to switch teams again. Yes, because right? we want to be on the winning team. And so, so, but that's what it said. It said the people who went to the camp of the Philistines rejoined the army. Who was the other group? The ones that went to the caves. It said that they saw what God was doing and they came out from the caves and they rejoined the army. Gang, that's what you can expect when you say to Josh and Brianne, I'm with you, according to your heart, with my time and my talent and my treasure. We're going to go to the laundromat? I'm in. We're going to do a fall outreach? I'm in.
1: We got to set up? I'm in. I'm in. We got to tear down? <laughs> I'm in. Now, I got scolded last week by, by, by Gracie. Because I was picking up chairs and helping. Them. We she are
0: said, servant we said, leaders. She said,
1: don't you do that. We're going to do that. And I'm, okay. Yes, ma'am. Thank no, you. All right. We okay. are servant
0: leaders. Mm-hmm. Right? Because you we lead by are. example. That's right. That's right. But anyway, that's what you can expect. So, so for you guys, that's the takeaway is this. Make a commitment to stand with your leader, to build strong families, to reach your community, to see life transformation. Speak the truth in love, because guess what? The woman at the well, it wasn't like she ran away from Jesus because she was offended. Because she needed him. He read her business. Yeah, you've had five husbands, and the person you're with now is not your husband. And guess what? She ran back into the city. Community to tell them, oh my gosh, I met the Messiah. Not, nah, I can't believe you said that to me. And guess what? They came. Why? Because of her story. All you have to do is tell your story. Just tell yours, nobody else's. Don't put on somebody else's armor. Tell your story. And guess what? Just like the people in that city, yeah. they're going to come to see what God is doing share, here. Yeah,
1: share with them why you're here. Yeah. But just kind of closing, and Frankie, you can come on up. Um, time. You know, we all have the same amount of time. It's just how we use it, right? You just got to ask the Lord. Remember we talked about it earlier? Lord, first I'll give myself to you and then to the work of the Lord. How could could I use my time to advance the work of Christ? What would that look like? I want to thank every one of you that are here today and you guys in the back that are helping us with audiovisual and all the music team, everybody who set up, the people that are going to tear down.
0: Thanks again for listening to the Hope Church Podcast. Our church exists to see people from all walks of life, know Jesus, connect and grow, discover their purpose and make a difference in this world. If you would like to connect with us further, or if you need prayer or assistance, please visit us at hopeboon.com where Jesus loves you, we love you and your life counts.